It's The Daily Talk Show, episode 321. We've got a special guest uh, in the studio. Nate, what's cracking, mate? Not a lot, man. How are you? Yeah, good, dude. I'm, um, I'm just... I am concerned that I won't be able to last the whole episode with this I jumper was, on. I was thinking that with that big light. There's a bit of heat rocking and I've got one of your jumpers on. Yep. Of your brand, Itch Pig. Yep. Itch Pig. That's it. Um, I'm also wearing it. This is the first time we've worn something outside of our T-shirt. I was thinking that. Like yeah. I was watching your episodes. I was thinking, man, these guys just wear plain tees. Yeah. Like, well, this is, I mean, this is probably, yours is on brand in terms of, Straight black for, for with, me, yeah. Just with Super a bit of minimal, yeah. And then I've got sort of like what color? What would you call this? Is this we, like we call that white mal? White mal, mal. Mm. What's mal? Mal's like the flicker through it. So it's oh, like yeah. when when they make the spool, it's not just a straight color. It's actually got you know a bit of gray, a bit of white, a bit of light white, a bit of lighter gray, and yeah. then mm. they kind of blend it all together, and then mm. it kind of feeds in different. Uh, what are they? I guess you'd say yarns and threads go mm. into the and make the fabric, and that's how they. Mm. It all together. Well, you got the electric blue on. You're yep. here to party. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fact, Come yeah. off a yeah. big I'm weekend. <laughs> I'm pretty famous for wearing colour. Can you just tell us what you ate for breakfast? I know that, well, we just did a, we did a mic test with you and Josh said, what, what did you have for breakfast? And, and he got an answer out of me. He was yeah. not expecting Yeah, it. yeah, like, absolutely. Corn flakes or something. Yeah, I was like expecting that. some sort of muesli, maybe a, maybe a yoghurt. No, so I, I ate, um, my girlfriend and I cooked like a big Mexican dish mm-hmm. uh, yesterday with it was, it was chicken, rice, uh, some tomatoes and some kale. But then we had some leftover kangaroo and bean mix mm. and I mixed mixed that through and I was eating it out in the car park. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of beans? Just out of curiosity. I think it was kidney beans. Kidney beans. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we always just kind of randomly pick the different ones from Aldi yeah. or whatever and just kind of cycle through. Yeah. Are they dry? Do you have to soak them or no? You soak them to get the, all the kind of gunk off them. Okay. All those preservatives they used to uh, keep them last long. But um, – Nah, usually you just use the flavour or the, the mix of the um, the flavour that you're putting in. Yeah, you just sure. mix it through and you can't really taste them. <laughs> we yeah. just slipped into a bit of food chat, which, yeah. I, which I love. It's always good yeah, yeah. within the first yeah. five minutes. Well, I yeah. think I made the mistake of not um, rinsing my beans the other day. Yeah, and, and then it's kind of gluggy yeah, and yeah. it's got that weird – it's like – it's almost it reminds bean you, juice. Yeah, oh, it just it rem- you know. Did you have you guys seen Ace Ventura? Yes. And you know I when he comes out of the rhino's ass, the yeah. robotic <laughs> rhinos, and it's like all like he's all sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I feel yeah, but it's a real amateur move to not rinse your beans. Yeah. Well, I got them in out of a can, so I assume. Yeah, but yeah, yeah no, no, you got to rinse your you beans. Put it in the strainer. Yeah, Mate. you seem no, you seem like a practical dude. Like you're not just like a someone who's founded the business and it's all hands off and all that sort of thing. Nah, nah it, hands on. Did it actually start? Is, am I right in saying that you were like sewing shit? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, my brother, so when we first, first started, mm. I, I, we were in Japan together so, and I was a snowboard instructor and somehow Alex managed to come along and get a free ride, free lift ticket. Didn't teach a fucking lesson the whole time. <laughs> Is I he was, the younger brother? Yeah, he's the younger That's brother. A I, I, classic. Yeah, classic <laughs> move, classic. Somehow yeah. he just, you know. Tommy would definitely do that. So <laughs> yeah, <would> <laughs> just piggyback off me. So <laughs> I learned how to um, crochet beanies off one of the instructors Um and I kind of got okay at that. And then we kind of got shown this this technique of how to make jumpers longer because mm. the tall, longer clothing thing was a thing mm. back then, nine years ago. Um, and, yeah, Alex learned how to sew when we got back and then we kind of slowly figured how we are going to do this. And then, yeah, he taught me. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, we started, I think, for the first maybe 12 months of the of the company, we were, we were sewing them. It was so what do you actually start, like when you're sewing, are you starting with like how many actual pieces? So what we would do, um, 
we, we had a we were kind of testing it first on our own clothes. So mm-hmm. basically, what we do is you get a you get a jumper, you slice mm-hmm. it through the middle, mm-hmm. and then it becomes two parts, right? Yeah. And then you make a, a middle part or middle third, mm-hmm. which is basically just a tube. So it's two bits of fabric. You run a seam here, run a seam here, and then you line the seam up, line the seam up, and then you just overlock it around both on both new seams, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes the jumper taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So what we would, what we realized was once that was done. That ability to do that, you could start picking what color you wanted where. Yeah. So all we did was, was we we. It's funny, you know, like the the manufacturer we still use today used to be on Smith Street. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So we. I remember I was telling this story on another podcast the other day. It was like, I remember I had we had a thousand bucks to our name. I remember taking the money out from that com bank that used to be down there. Yeah. Walking up the street with this thousand bucks in my hand, in my pocket, yeah. fucking shitting myself. But that's on game Smith street. Yeah, that's yeah. game around Smith street, you know, street. And you know, walking past, you know, the kind of people that hang down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they probably weren't looking at me, and paying any attention to me, but I thought they were staring at me, yeah. Yeah. Like, waiting, to, waiting to jump me. And I remember walking all the way up, and I, yeah, so we bought a whole bunch of their discontinued stock, um, which was all colours of the rainbow. It was like they were like nine bucks, nine bucks a pop for each jumper, and then we took it all back, we put it in. Mum's garage, which we bought, purchased off her, and then you know that was that was like our HQ. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just started like chopping. We'd add the middle part in, and at the at the start it was crewnecks because we didn't know how to make hoods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then somehow we learned how to make fucking hoods because it's you know that's kind of complicated. You got you know like four pieces. You got to join it the two pieces, then you got to join it around the outside, and then you flip it inside out, and then you got put it into the collar. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how it started. We were just we were sewing, and then. I remember we got so buried in orders because we, we, we essentially became manufacturers, yeah? Mm, yeah. You know, you can imagine, like, these guys out of this garage in, you know, western suburbs making these jumpers and, and, and word just went, like, wildfire. And so then we ended up, like, I remember at one stage we were, like, 30 orders deep. Yeah. We just couldn't get through them. You know, me and Alex just sitting there fucking slaving away in mum's garage, freezing our tits off. We thought, oh, why don't we just prepare them and then get someone else to make them for us? Yeah. Then we can speed the... The process up so we started treating it like you know kind of like pre-packaged jumpers almost and we found some some sewers i think the first one we used her name was michelle she's this kind of hippie kind of crazy girl from st kilda and i remember we used to drive them out there and then she would kind of sew them all up and they'd come back we do the quality check and fix all the mistakes and and, th- and they kind of grew from there yeah, so it's, it's it's, does a crew neck is is a, a hooded like a hoodie just a crew neck with a hood so you're wearing a crew, yeah, and I'm wearing a hoodie, yeah. So and so to add, to make a hoodie, do you just take a crew neck and add the hood? Well, so what we'd actually—it's kind of sketchy in a way, but what we actually <laughs> did start—it's kind of sketchy, like you know, we're figuring shit out. Yeah. You know? At the start, we'd actually just straight sew a hoodie into the crew neck, yeah. so it looked like you were wearing a hoodie underneath. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was sick, but like, you know, putting it through the overlocker, you know, like there's so much fucking fabric. You've yeah. Got like. You know, two layers of the hood. Then you got the crew rib, and mm. then you got the seam that's already there. Man, we broke so many needles. I think you say so many necks on no. the way to the <laughs> just like, I remember just trying to get it through, and the, and the machine would just shit itself and split needle. And then you got to get the little Allen key out. You got to kind of undo it quickly. You got to get the tweezers. You got to be then, into it. Oh man! And then putting it back in. Then you got to thread the thing through the correct way. And like overlockers are pretty. I don't know how many people know what overlockers are like. No, I, no idea. It's really complicated. It's not like a sewing machine where you just kind of run it from here, run it down. Mm. To get the tension right because of the way it hammers down, it goes through all these series of holes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it in the right holes to make the sequence, it doesn't make the right stitch. 
So the metaphor for life, really? Oh, yeah. It's the worst. So <laughs> we would. I remember one day I fucking broke the needles, and I was <laughs> spending the hours trying to. I had to learn how to re-thread the whole thing because yeah. it, it had come undone. Yeah. What's your craft, right? Um, no, we got connected through our mates at Nando's. Yes. And, and some, um, the person who works at Nando's, their son was seeing that you guys um, were sort of posting with Nando's. That's a separate story. But basically, but basically, it's uh, one of the head of PR's son saw that this cool brand, Itch Pig, are posting about Nando's. Yep. And that's how sort of we've ended up here today. But <laughs> what I love about that is you've created this something that's cool. Which is super hard to do, right? Like it is pretty hard, yeah. I think you know, young kids identifying with this brand as being something cool, which you know, people don't understand these, you know, things like the hard work of the thread and the nah. stitching and all this hard work, and so they see the final product. What's that for you when you see where it's come from, as far as the hard work to also this cool, hip, you know, uh, trendy thing that's now happening? It's it's it's. It's almost unfathomable. Like, like when you tell that story about you know me sitting there trying to thread shit and mm. like learning how to sew to now, it's like I don't even know how many lifetimes that is. It's like <laughs> it's like I'm a completely different person when I was doing that at that point in my life to what I am now. Mm. It's, it's nuts. Like I was saying, it was funny because I was saying it to um I was speaking to one of our our, our um, staff members' parents. So we've just got this new 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 kid that's working for us and you know I'm kind of teaching him some of the skills that I've become pretty good at. Anyway, I hadn't quite spoken to his mom and you know it was kind of like oh, I felt like I kind of owed it to him because you know I want this kid to be a part of the company forever. Mm. And so I was saying to her how like yeah, I was like to to kind of you just don't get that kind of experience and that kind of knowledge from university. They mm. just they just can't create it. Mm. It's like real world shit, you know. Like I was saying to her, like, <laughs> you know, because I used to do industrial design, so that's like product design, right? Yeah. So when we first started Itchpig, way, way back then, I remember I used to come up with these fucking crazy ideas. Like there was this one idea I had. Instead of, and I was real big on sustainability and recycling and shit, you know, I was a bit of a tree hugger or whatever. Yeah. Um, I came up with this idea. Instead of buying new T-shirts, you just buy the one T-shirt office mm-hmm. and you change the graphics out. Because, you know, really, everyone just wears a white tee or a black tee. Well, especially if you're talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> no offence. <right? laughs> so then I, I came up with this idea, this design. It was like this pizza thing. So you had two zips that came like this and you basically just changed over the graphics and you slotted it out in and out, right? Right. Yeah, but it wasn't economical at all, uh, right? It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Because to manufacture it, who's going to pay a hundred bucks for a T-shirt or whatever? But yeah. That's what it w- you would have had to solve. And that's the thing that in university – it's just one of the lessons you don't learn is that mm. like an idea is only good if you can actually sell it. Yeah. Did you go into, I guess I, I baked my question, but it's like now I realise what I wanted to ask you. Did you <laughs> go in thinking that you wanted to create something cool that kids would be into or did you go in thinking I'm actually into making this shit and I actually enjoy the craft? It was more about when we started, there was nothing that fitted us the way we wanted it to fit and mm. we thought the quality out there was pretty rat shit mm. and – to be honest, I think it's still the case. I think the, the quality out there is, um, well, you know, like all companies and they're just trying to get their FOB down. And what I mean by that is their cost of goods. They're mm. just trying to get it down as low as they can. Well, um, we were talking about this on yesterday's episode, that fast fashion. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like everyone wants it cheaper and they want it good. 
Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's funny that I always, I, I say this a lot and it's like, you know, you can imagine we cop it from time to time, you know, you're like, oh, you're charging $180, $200 for a jumper. And you're like- Is that how much this is? Yeah, those ones are 160 and that one's we have to. I'm going to have to take them off afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to walk down Smith Street, not worrying about cash, but someone's going to take us for our hoodies. You're going to get rolled yeah. for your jumpers. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, like the, those people that complain about the price, they're often the first people also to complain when they lose their job. Yeah. Because the job has gone offshore. Mm. So you can't have it both ways. Mm. You can't complain about getting paid, you know, 15 bucks an hour and wanting to get 25 bucks an hour. Mm. But then the, that item, that artifact that you're producing or doing then mm. costs, you know, what it needs. Because yeah, yeah. a lot of the time people don't realise that, you know, like t- to survive in this world, you have to time something by three at least. Mm. Like the really special guys that I'm sure you guys get on here, they wouldn't be working at three times. They'd be working at five, seven, mm. eight, ten times. That's mm. what some of the big guys do, right? What do you mean by that? So, you know, if you produce something for ten bucks, you want to sell for a hundred bucks. Okay. That's what the, the megastars do. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like someone like, I don't know, like I don't want to call companies out, but, you know, I mean, you, you know the company that I'm talking about. Mm. Like you can go to any shop on Smith Street mm. and like the prices that they're charging you – Versus what they land the stuff at in oh, the yeah. country is just insane. Well, you look at like uh, Givenchy, Givenchy, yeah. however you say it. They're hoodies that are like that, mm. legit $900. Yeah. There's, there's brand there, but how much, like the, from a quality perspective, yeah, how, how is it worth 900 bucks? The item is landed for them probably, what, 200, 100? Who knows, less. man? <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you know, like that's the, that's the problem with like, and that's why a lot of the industry is dying is mm. because they built their whole business model of getting 10 times. Yeah. But once people get smarter and more clued in yeah. and realise they're getting basically reamed, they're not going to fall for it anymore. Yeah. But, you know, like they'll drop the prices and they're still making seven times. Well, that's there's why, also That's why everyone's always on sale. Yeah. They have to be. Well, the other thing too is like I, I think that 2019, it's like the – the death of the middleman in some regards or 100 yeah. percent. you guys uh, you guys yeah. are doing it yourselves right yeah. like you're talking direct to your audience yeah. fuck 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 the middleman yeah, yeah we're uh, a big media company uh, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah by, <laughs> by name uh and yeah so i think that's part of it too right which is like um these uh the the pricing structure has had to allow for all of, all of that as well all of the fat that is going through all of these different people before yeah. it gets to the customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's mm. crazy. Like if people realised what a pair of shoes start off at mm. versus what they end up at once you actually buy them, yeah. it's insane how many people have just gotten their little 100% out there, their little 100%, a little 100%, and suddenly, you know, something that lands at you know, $5 yeah. is now $200. Mm. Do you think that the uh, the idea of manufacturing in Melbourne, you know, made in Melbourne, is that something that you think that you'll be able to do long-term? I'm hoping so, but it, it, it's fucking challenging. Yeah. Like, mm. it's really challenging. Mm. Like, in terms of what we're doing now and the scale we're at now, that's fine. But if we want to go massive, mm-hmm. like, well, not massive, if we want to go global or international or whatever, you know, like, people are already saying to us, like, you guys might have to compromise. You might mm. have to seriously think about it. And like, it's like one of those things. It's like, fuck, like it's such a, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's such a, like a, a conflicting idea. Yeah. You know, you've built this thing on, you know, doing it the right way and, 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 
not saying fuck you and I want to <laughs> do it myself and I want to do it the right way and we're going to prove that you can do it the right way. But like, like I'm hustling literally like from the moment I wake up at 6 a.m. till half an hour before I go to bed mm. at 10.30 mm. or 11 o'clock or whatever, right? Like, my, like how I still have a partner that will put up with my bullshit <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Like she is awesome that she puts up with my crap because no one fucking else. Yeah. <laughs> no, like everyone thinks it's fun and games and I'm yeah. fucking skating all day and I'm, yeah. I'm living the life and I'm killing it. But like when I did, I did a podcast the other week, the, guy, the, the guys that were sitting there behind the mic – like, like <laughs> Mr. He's pointing at Mr. Night Seven. Um, I couldn't believe how much my fucking phone went off. Yeah, my phone just mm. didn't stop. Yeah, for, for two hours straight, it was just going ding, ding, ding. Mm. And that's like it was like what you said to me the other day about how um, Jules gave someone some advice about just hit the likes up. Mm. We've been doing that for nine years. Yeah. And so what he's referring to is Jules Lund, who was on this podcast, gave a mutual friend some advice. Um, about his clothing label to get into the DMs and actually start talking to the people who are your customers, mm. which significantly increased their monthly revenue just from that tactic. And I was mentioning it to Nate and he said, that's what we've been doing. Like, yeah. So he explained to us what that – that's I mean, that's sort of like hands-on marketing. So, I mean, to me it's like the thing that makes us different is you're talking to real people. You're talking mm. to people that give a shit. They know the product inside out. They live and breathe it. You're not talking to some – well, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you're not talking to a 23-year-old that's working a retail job, trying Mm -hmm. to get through uni and their mind's elsewhere and they're probably hungover from the weekend, right? Mm. That's not who you're talking to. You're talking to the guy or one of the guys. Mm. And it makes it for a very different experience because, you know, like we know the product inside out, Mm -hmm. we design – I mean – most of the time when we're designing stuff, we actually are designing stuff that we need for our wardrobes. That's one of the, like our, the Itchpig customer or whatever, they love us so much they want to wear us as much as possible because, you know, the stuff's really good quality and it's great. Um, so then as, as something comes along that we think, oh, shit, we need this, then it's like, well, you just go and say that to all these other people that are bought from us because yeah. they're the same boat. They don't have the thing either. You make undies too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how to toe? How yeah, to toe? Yeah. How different is making underwear versus making hoodies in regards to you know the process and what you actually need to do? Um, undies are just a little bit simpler in terms of like it's different. Different. It's not as many different um, materials. Mm. It's you know you've got your, your cotton spandex and then you've got your band. Um, in terms of undies, are a tricky one for us actually because that's one where you know big companies they make them for fifty cents maybe, yeah. Yeah. not not even mm. like. And our our undies actually cost us quite a lot to make. Mm. That's actually one of our our, our our garments where we don't make the greatest margin, but we just do it because they're they're fucking mm. sick undies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good. They're yeah. really comfy. I actually swear by them. I don't yeah. wear anything else anymore. Yeah. They um we kind of changed. The band looks really cool. I saw them online. They yeah, look really yeah. sick. The yeah. band's sick. And also one of the things you don't notice is if you look on the back of them, the seam doesn't go all the way down mm. kind of and around the gooch. I was listening <laughs> to one of your episodes where you're yeah. talking about the gooch. Yeah, about right. That yeah, yeah, so perfect. funny. Um, but no, it, what we did was is it kind of around the chakra. <laughs> the chakra, that's what it was. Yeah. I think I said oh, chakra. I've never heard yeah, that before. Yeah. I just think of it's gooch. one of the seven. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think taint is another one. Is it yeah, taint yeah, yeah, a yeah. different thing as well? 
I heard that on the weekend. There's many ways to describe think, that middle bit. Yeah, I, I think taint's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, anyway, off topic as always. <laughs> um, so yeah, what we did was we 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 brought this that seam line. It doesn't go all the way down. It kind of stops at your tailbone, and then there's actually an arch that comes mm. over kind of over your butt cheeks. And what that means is, is you don't get wedgies. Mm. There's no seam there. You, c- yeah. you can't fold in. So that, I need, that shit matters. Yeah, I yeah, that shit matters. Yeah, that shit I matters. need that. For, um, I, like I see people who sort of love brands and you were describing those people that want to be wearing your itch big clothing and they end up being head to toe. Yeah. It becomes a thing for them. I've never had that thing f- for a brand. Maybe it's mm. just – maybe I've been daggy in my life but I've always just kind of thrown together clothes. But there is – what? who is that kind of person? What? Are, what's their – What's their vibe? The person that wants to be head to toe in a certain brand, like what are they thinking? Well, I guess they just really buy into what the brand's about. You mm. know, like I mean, with us, if you if you if you care about making things ethically, you think we're good guys. You know, you know, there's there's not many there's not many brands in the world where you can have the kind of access that you have with us and how open we are, and we're very democratic, you know, like we talk to our customers a lot, we try and get feedback, we try and be inclusive, you know, the company's built on that, it's built on, we're not kind of standing up here saying, this is fashion, mm-hmm. fucking eat it up, you know <laughs> what I mean, like we're not about that, it's it's kind of like, it's ebbs and flows, you know, we try and take feedback, we try and have people included, we try and have people a part of it, we're really gracious, you know, like every order you get, fuck me, like thank God, you know, like you got to appreciate that shit, mm. you know, like, you're convincing people to, con- to to part with their hard earns mm. and they're choosing to spend it on you. Like, mm. There's a million things in this world they could spend it on yeah. and they chose you. So, I see the appeal when it's at that level. I have never sort of, I guess, sort of had that tipping point of like being in- interested in a brand where I then realise, like I couldn't imagine, the brands I'm probably, you know, gravi- gravitate towards, I couldn't speak to anyone from the no, brand. No, Cotton on isn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shelly from the, you know, uh, yeah. pants department. No, I, no, I feel like I'm probably more on the boat of like going all, like that was one of the decisions I made like uh, probably a year ago where it's like I'm just going to have this one brand of T-shirt that I wear and I know it works and I, you know, buy a new one every year. Yep. Have, have you sort of factored that in from a business point of view where it's like people seem to want to be holding on to shit for longer and that when you're building something that's of such high quality, I can imagine this lasting me for like five winters. Yeah. What, how, do, how does that work from a business standpoint? Um, it, it works in the sense that, you know, it's kind of like, it's like Subarus. Mm-hmm. Subarus, you buy them and they hold their value. Mm-hmm. Um, our garments are the same. So, you know, you buy into us and you, you know, say there's something that comes along and you want to refresh your taste up mm-hmm. and, and, and you like it more. Well, you can sell the item that you have and it holds its value pretty well. Yeah. You know, like I sell my secondhand stuff for the price I bought it, for, the price that it's worth. Yeah. And you I'll just don't tell your brother, yeah. your co-owner. <laughs> just just side, side hustle? Yeah. No, no, he, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows because I'm, I'm the one that's in the in the public eye a little bit more than him. So yeah. I kind of have to be in the newest stuff a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like there's heaps of customers that, that miss out on shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, And they're fucking spewing. Like one guy hit me up couple of weeks ago and he's like fuck are you guys gonna do any more orange hoods and i was like no but i know i've got one in my closet and it's yeah. sitting there and yeah. i haven't worn it in <laughs> six months yeah fuck it you know here he's like you sure i don't want to buy it. i'm like dude it's my secondhand jumper like <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking have it it's yeah. sweet it's i rather it 
it's going to make more money and make you happier yeah. and me happier yeah. being in your closet than being in mine. Are you trying to do this from a brand perspective? I guess that's the question around, you know, are you tr- intentionally trying to create this cool thing? Are you intentionally trying to create this real desire for people to want your range and whether it goes out, you know, you've you finished the release and then people are like, I want that. and You kind of do and you don't. Um, it's, I mean, it's always good to have more demand than supply. I mm. mean, look at some of the biggest companies in the world. Like Supreme has yeah, built a whole. Supreme, Supreme yeah. are a classic. You know, they mm. know they can sell a thousand of something, they'll release 200. Mm. They're a classic. But mm. they're a different beast now, you know, like they're, they're actually being, I'm not sure if you guys know, they're being bought out by a big investment firm. Mm. They got bought out, f- at, they got valued at a billion dollars. Uh-huh. And the investment firm Carlisle's bought them for 5.5 million. Oh, sorry, $550 million. Yeah. So 50%, oh, just over 50% stake. So th- they're at a different stage now. But yes, that's what they were doing this was they were trying to be uber cool. And the thing with Supreme is the thing that a lot of people don't realise. And the, the reason why Supreme is unique is because they were built and uh, constructed by this guy called uh, James Jabaya. So James Jabaya was actually the creative director for Stussy. So he got bought out by Stussy for 14 million bucks. So then he goes and starts this small uh, skate shop in New York called Supreme. Mm. The guy doesn't give a fuck about making money. Mm. That's that's inherently cool. <laughs> yeah. Like who in this world starts a, a, a business and says, you know what, if we make money or not, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many like, – and that's why – we must Supreme. be very cool then with the daily talk show because we're <laughs> making fuck all. So we're, we're at the supreme level, I well, guess. And, and I was going to yeah. say, coming back to us, that's why, you know, we're not inherently trying to be cool because mm. to me, I feel like, you know, going out there saying, fuck it, I'm going to do this. I don't give a shit what's in my way. And that's what Itch Speaks about, really. You know, it's that the, the, the name means a, a, re, a relentless progression fueled by hunger. So, you know, like, we wanted to start a company and even when we were just an absolute fucking joke and we were, you know, I was crocheting beanies myself and, and, and Alex and I were sewing these hoodies out of mum's garage. We still talked about ourselves and and believed we were a company, even yeah. though we were so fucking... It's delusion, which Tommy and I love. Like yeah. we, we have built everything we do on a certain level of delusion that it's you need to have. It's smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's For ourselves though, like because we almost believe it, right? Like you feel like... If you don't it believe is, it, no yeah. one else will. Yeah. If, mm. you can't, if you can't look someone in the eyes mm. and convince them mm-hmm. on what you are talking and, and, and spitting, yeah. jog on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. time for something else yeah, yeah. because that's what it takes, you know? Yeah. People are so smart now and... Yeah. And I, I remember we always believed it was going to happen. Mm. And I remember Alex's friends used to fucking laugh at us because one of the big things was when we first started, it was all about the brand and not us. Mm. So we would wear balaclavas flat out. Yeah. Every photo, people come to the workshop to pick up their stuff. Um, As in a balaclava is fully full, over yeah, eye full, holes, yeah, mouth full hole. face. Because just done an arm robbery. Yeah, yeah exactly. pretty much. Because it was it was about it was about the garments selling themselves, not the models' faces, not the yeah. bullshit marketing yeah. selling it. And now we kind of sold out and not don't do that anymore. But you know what I mean. Like it's what, probably <laughs> timely to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. We kind of got started getting associated with things that we weren't really about, and people. <laughs> it, it was kind of hard yeah. to get that message out to yeah. everyone. So you just kind of. You know, sometimes it's one of those things where you've got to cut off your, your hand to spite yeah. your arm well, or whatever. Yeah. Right? Um, I heard you mention that you grew up in the West Side. Yep. And I didn't really – it was only probably three years ago that I actually started to understand the 
sort of fanatic nature that people from the West have about Westside. I grew up in, near Dandenong, southeast. Yeah. Yep. And then I was on the train once I, and a friend said, oh, you know, Westside's best side. And they're talking about Olympic donuts and they're talking about all this, these <laughs> Westside <laughs> fucking things. I had no – it was a new world. It's one of those things. Like people are just so like – Sometimes people need a, a thing to kind of band around you. Yeah. It's just another form of religion. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the West Side is pretty. Um, it's pretty. I mean, it's famous for being blue collar. You know, yeah. like that's where all the manufacturing jobs are. Where, and is, uh, where is this Footscray, um, Williamstown? Where did you grow? Yeah, up? yeah. So I, I grew up like kind of Williamstown, Newport area. Yeah. Um, and went to school out in Werribee, uh, Westbourne, or whatever. Yeah. So you know, like I wasn't like um, proper gr- rough and grime by any yeah. means. Like I'm not pretending to be that, but. You know, I was friends with everyone because I skated, I played basketball, mm. you know, I was big into snowboarding. Um, but, yeah, like kind of everyone in that area I, I, I more or less knew because I was into so many different sports mm. and kind of shit like that. You do know? you associate with that, that West Side thing? Do you identify with it? Or? I do, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it was funny, like uh, a, a while back, like we had this we had this kid and he, he basically ripped us off online mm. or whatever. He'd put in a fraudulent order and – you know, I was just so fucking fuming about it. I fucking turned up at his house. I just went there. Well, he I, fucked up. He put his yeah. address. Yeah. Well, no, and no, it's it funny. He put his friend's address. I went to the friend's address. Did you pull out oh, the balaclavas? <laughs> <laughs> I should have. Yeah. Each pig's here, bitch. <laughs> Bit of that vibe. Yeah. It was kind of, I remember his mum kind of answered the door and she was fucking shitting herself. She's like, hello, can I help you? And I'm like, is your son's name such and such? And mm. she's like, yes. I'm like, all right, I've got a story for you. Yeah. And so I kind of told oh. him what happened. She got what, you did happen? what did happen? Did she what? invite you in? Yeah, no, she invited me in and stuff. And I remember I, I walked I walked into the fucking house and the dad. He's <laughs> in an itch big jacket. My son got it for my birthday. Is there a problem, sir? <laughs> the funny thing was it was his card, right? So I recognised yeah. him straight away because yeah. I'd got them to send me the, um, the credit card and uh-huh. – the ID because I had a sniff it was pretty fraudulent mm. looking and he's lying on the couch face down in his jocks just like this is like at 9 30 10 o'clock at night I've yeah. been skating all night yeah, yeah. so I'm sweaty as fuck <laughs> I'm standing in these guys house in like somewhere nice where was it, it was like Q or something like yeah, that sure. yeah and and the, and the and, the, and the, the woman's like, honey, honey, this guy's here. He's got to tell you this story about our son. <laughs> and I'm standing there just going, oh, my fucking God. Anyway, I tell them the story about what's happened yeah. and they're, they're just absolutely mortified. This kid's apparently, you know, like, you know, he's, he's kind of done some shit he shouldn't have done, which mm. is fair enough. Mm. Anyway, the kid comes home and then- So was it a reverse charge or something? How did you know it was fraudulent? Like what was uh, the- Just the way he, 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 you could kind of tell with certain orders, when, yeah. especially when people say someone orders- three different orders mm. in the one night and they pay for shipping every time. Like, uh, sure. Who's fucking uh, stupid yeah, enough yeah, yeah. to do that? And, and like, did you send out the product? We did because we did, our, we did our checks and we did our stuff and it came back and we had all the information. That's mm. why I knew like it wasn't too bad. Like mm. I, it looked it looked sketch but at the same time I got enough reassurances from the checks that I did that it was okay but it still turned out I got f- almost fucked on it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But anyway, these people were really good about it and they are awesome about it. Well, you're but in Q. It's one of the upper, you know, echelon yeah, yeah, suburbs yeah, 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 of yeah. Melbourne. Sometimes you get people pretending to be, but anyway, so the, the coming back to the story, I kind yeah. of got a bit off topic. Anyway, this kid walks in and like, I had to confront him about it. Like his parents asked me to confront him and I was happy enough <laughs> to <laughs> confront him. Like in his room. We're going to have to get you to confront yeah. our son. Now There's fucking get, Maury you Povich get, there. You get one slap and we're yeah. okay with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild. We're going like, to have to cut his hands off now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and anyway, this kid was kind of telling me what he'd done. And I, I remember saying to him, 
mate, you stink of being from the east side, man. Yeah. Like the people yeah. that you're hanging around <laughs> with and talking to yeah. will fucking eat you alive. Yeah. Mm. Like if you fuck these people off, mm. they'll just like they'll just toss you. Yeah. Like you're just like fish bait to yeah. them, you know. Yeah. And that's that's one thing you can always kind of bank on is like you can always kind of tell where people are from by mm. the way they dress, the way they talk, the way the things that they say. Like for instance, if someone says eats, you know they're from Sydney straight away. What eats. is that? Eats. It, it's like eats, like like sick, like good. It's, it's eats. It's, it's Never a, heard of it. Yeah. It's, Uber it's, eats. No, that's like, what I thought. It's, like, yeah. it's E E T S. You can eats. tell them from from eats or like. If people are wearing a heap of Nordica and Tommy and they look pretty preppy, you know they're from the east. Like, sure, there's, there's heaps of little things. Yeah. And I guess I've I've gotten pretty exposed to that because you know I fucking talk to so many people a day. It's not yeah. even funny, right? So yeah. I get pretty I get pretty cluey with picking up people. Really so fast. your West Side brand, then, like, do you have the if if someone's wearing um, itch pig, what does that tell you about them? Do you think? Um, it probably tells you that like. You know, they, they give a fuck about what they're wearing. They mm-hmm. have a bit of a conscience. They like being a part of something. Um, and I, I, it doesn't necessarily mean they're from the west, east or north or south mm-hmm. or whatever because one of, the th- one of the things about us that we've kind of managed to um, get into a pretty unique spot here is, is that we have the ability to hit very different – a very vast amount of styles. Mm-hmm. Um, we're influenced by so many different things like – you know, like kind of tech culture or um, – and when I mean tech, I don't mean fucking, you know, like uh, Silicon Valley. I yeah. mean like, you know, kind of uh, like, you know, track pants with heaps of zips on it and stuff mm-hmm. or and, and kind of OG skate culture, you know, like big pants, cargo pants. Um, we like sport a lot, so heaps of NBA mm-hmm. colorways are kind of in there. Um, You've also infiltrated the, the skating culture, which, yeah. you, which, you know, doesn't judge. It's people from all walks of life. Yes. Yeah, I mean, skaters are funny where – Sometimes they'll judge and they'll be really clicky, but sometimes they're not. There's, there's well, you've so got the subculture of yeah. skating, of any sport. It's like yeah, yeah. It's kind of like – it's funny. Like I was talking to someone – we're actually about to – hopefully in the next month or so, we're going to start doing skate lessons mm. out, of, out of the warehouse. Oh, great. I'll get on that. I've always wanted to be able to skate. Yeah. But mm. Tommy was telling me we're yeah. going to try and get you to drop in. Well, yeah. Nate, ha- Nate has built – with your business has built a, a whole s- skate warehouse. Mm. Yeah, skate park. We've got Ramps. skate park. Yeah. Oh, I played Tony Hawk on PlayStation. Not the same, eh? You're like my brother. Yeah, he would have done. Um, he would have put all the hacks in as well so he can grind absolutely. for days. Absolutely oh. grinding for days. But I grew up – my dad was building a, you know, mini pipes and fucking – oh, it was the best. So what you've got is like the dream. Yeah, it's pretty sick. It's pretty epic. Like I, I – I'd be, I mean, I do take it for granted a little bit, but like, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty sick. We've been we've been skating it, and and coming now that daylight savings is just finished, mm-hmm. I'm gonna flog it every night yeah. probably because I can't go anywhere else. Yeah, because I won't get out of work early enough. And so, what's the skating culture like in 2019? Skating culture's um, and is rollerblading back at all? <laughs> rollerblading is kind of still frowned upon, unfortunately, oh, which really? is kind of weird. I mean. I was a speed skater back. I wasn't a speed. I always wanted to be. You know when they would do the okay, the speed skaters get on. You go around the thing. <laughs> no, you don't remember. No, no. I, used to, I used to blade. No, I used to blade. Don't. No, it I'm was cool when we were growing up, though. It was cool in like the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, you used yeah. to wear juice. Did you have like yeah, yeah, juice, juice and shit? Juice. Yeah, and then USA. Uh, yeah, and SMP that skate. Yes, store. Oh, suck no. my pen. No, <laughs> skate. What is it? Skate. 
SMP uh, does a sex shop. money power or snowboard more peaks or skate more yeah. parks. We or used to always say suck, suck my penis. That's just <laughs> what we thought it st- stood for. But there was that skate shop on uh, SMC on um, SMC on uh, Lonsdale near the uh, old skate park. Yeah, yeah the near city. the sales y- sale yards. Fuck, this is flashbacks. Yeah, I spent, <laughs> no, no, in a great way. Like I spent so much time down the skate park. Yeah, like um, the Elwood Bowl. It was a crappy, just two, you know, two sort of. Pits to, we still like go to that bowl. It's still two pits, but, but we still like a few of my friends. They always try and drag me there because I don't really like going there that yeah. much. But they always drag me there. Well, um, I grew up the school of the Elwood Bowl. It yeah. was sick. I mean, but now it's like a full fledged skate park as well. Yeah, they've added a few things to it. I always said I'd, I would have been so, so much better at skating if I had that skate park there. Because all you could do was go in the bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's, that's, that's what the kids are so lucky now. Like, I, I hate sounding like one of them old guys. It's fucking weird, though. Football was played so Nah, man. Skate <laughs> parks were <laughs> shit back in the day. Skate, skate parks are fucking epic now. Oh, I do. And they're in every fucking suburb. Yeah. Like, like, I go out to Chelsea all the time because they've got this monster skate park. It's mm. so sick. It's mm. the best. Like, I love it. The one in Shepparton's amazing yeah. when I was living there. I think there's something about, like, that time spent at these places. It's cathartic for young kids. Yeah. And so your brand, you know, being associated with something like skating, it's tapping into a special time or a special place for them. Yeah. It's like surfing when you're out in the waves. It's like it makes you feel great. And so yeah, skate yeah, yeah. parks – you know, and skating is that. So your brand's closely associated with Definitely that. it's closely associated with that, just almost fundamentally because it's one of the things that I do most. Mm. Um, but, you know, come winter I'm going to be snowboarding a lot, so then it's kind of – it shifts to snow. It's it's just that functionality about – and this is one of the one of the biggest challenges of the brand is describing what it is. What what is it a skate brand? Is it mm. a snowboard brand? Is mm. it a basketball brand? What What is it? And it's like – it's one of those things where it's like my brother and I – grew up doing everything and we still do everything like mm. you know we can we can go to the Paran courts and we know most of the most of the people that are the heads down there yeah. they know us like and we can Paran courts being basketball courts not not basketball. like the not like courts as <laughs> in court law. system yeah when we're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, God. So no, everyone talking the about the course yeah. Next to the half part Next yeah, to the next skate park yeah. So like you know Like we've played ball down there for ages yeah. and, and we know most of the boys down there And mm-hmm. we can get on the courts And we can mm. you know Like we can play with them like, yeah. we can, like we can hold our own a little bit And then you know You go skating And you know most of the, oh, I can go to most skate parks And talk mm. to anyone there Or you know You go to the snow And, and, and you know We're pretty handy snowboarders Because we've done mm. a few seasons And there's just so many different things That we're kind of into um, that 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 kind of plug into the brand and like describing that because people always want it. They want things defined, you know. They, mm. What is this? What is this? What is yeah, this yeah. about? What's this? What's the mean? And it wasn't until like three or four years ago that we realised the thing that ties it all in is that we're just relentless in what we do. Mm. Whatever we fixate our eyes on, we're progression whores. Mm. We just we just crave getting better. Yeah, I'm not the best skater going around, but I fucking love getting better at it. Yeah, yeah. it's so fun just like sitting there trying something a hundred times. And then you get it. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, let's get it better. Let's get it better. Let's get it better. And it's like, it's priceless. I love it. I, yeah. get, I get off on it. I, and then like, once you kind of, you kind of get, you, you get that feeling of progression, then you start thinking about it all the time. Like, all right, what's next? What's yeah. next? What's mm. next? What's next? And that's what the brand's been, you know, like, it's the only way to describe it. It's like, you start in the garage, you know, you create something from nothing. And now it's, you know, like, got full, 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 four full-time employees, you know, a couple of my best friends are living office now, working for us, you know. Mm. We've given this space back right in the heart of Brunswick for people to skate. It's awesome. It's free, this you know. Like yeah. you can just, if, if you're a customer or if you're a person we know, just come and skate, you yeah. know, don't worry about it. Like, 
yeah. I, I hope my kid gets into skating and oh, mine will be. Out, outdoor stuff. Like I think there is like, like you're saying, there's lessons in skating that are applied to life and Shit, business. Yeah. You know, shit, yeah. Dropping in, breaking your arm. Oh, I'll try again. Yeah, well, it's like analysing and and, and I was kind just of out, I was just outlining Josh's first skating experience. Yeah, <laughs> drops in first time, breaks arm. When you described that to me, I was thinking to myself, man, I can just see what's going to happen. He's going to go. He's going to go slip and go flying but up in the air. No, I wonder, like how do, how do I how do I enter into this whole? Thing? If I want to, if I was to start skating, I think we'd start off by just getting you learning how to push and kind of stand on the board and be yeah. safe on the board. Yeah. And then there's kind of little progression things that you learn, like okay. y- you learn to try and turn around on this. Have you known of a 28-year-old to pick up skating mm-hmm. yeah, at 28? A, a, bunch of, um, a bunch of girls that are just starting to get mm-hmm. into skateboarding have been skating at our place a little yeah. bit. And they're progressing mm. like crazy. Like I feel like there has, they're probably ex-gymnasts or they've got some so sort of It's so advantageous to start young yeah, based on you know your centre of gravity, just getting that familiarity with your, your balance, your sense of mm. balance. Yeah, and so the fear stay, I mean, jo- Josh stayed inside more so than went outdoors as a kid. Yeah. Well, I had, a, very I, had a bike. <laughs> I had a bike, but it had an alarm system. Oh yeah, so it, which you liked more than the actual bike yeah. itself. And the problem was that the kid, the skateboard kids who lived next door to me, would yeah. st- like my bike never got stolen until I got that alarm system, <laughs> because it would say stolen bike, do, 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 and I would be running and chasing them as they would ride around. <laughs> they wanted my to bike. fuck with you just yeah, to hear that exactly. stolen bike thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, but I do like I always wanted to like get into skateboarding. Yeah. I remember mum and dad bought me one. But it was just real fucking. Fat. It was like yeah, a fat yeah, yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From it was like, like one kick. Kind yeah, of thing. Like, it was like a banana board almost. Well, yeah. How much is a skateboard these days? Because I've oh, bought one in years. Most people pay about you know 120 bucks for the deck. Then I think a pair of trucks probably mm. 90 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I could get into this. I could imagine buying like kitting out my board. That's pretty. But then you have to skate on it. Yeah, yeah well, that's the whole thing. Sk- you do have I, to oh, skate I've got on a bike. It. I don't ride that. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Is it? I feel like you've built something that allows you to do something you love heaps, which like that skateboarding thing. It's like Yeah, it's just it's it's an aspect of life that I love doing. I love mm-hmm. skating and it's fun as fuck, you know. Whether I'm, you know, the coolest, best, greatest skater going around, fuck I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. care. I just like it because it's fun. Because I like the progression of it, right? Yeah. That's what I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to the progression. I'm addicted to getting better at something, you know, refining my craft, whether I'm good or not. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about that. How much were you thinking about business as a kid? Business as a kid, not not really. I would say Alex was sharper than me. Like, this is your brother. Yeah, my yeah. brother. He's so he's kind of like everyone always describes us as yin and yang. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm kind of emotional, um, aggressive, out there, and he's kind of analytical, reserved, calm, um, always analyzing things, and mm-hmm. like you know, like if you kind of had to s- symbolize us. You'd always say he's the brain of each pig and I'm the heart. That's kind of how it works. Mm. And we're very – we bounce off each other um, very much so like that. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I did Would he say the same? It's often or does hard. he, he want to be the heart? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he wants to be the heart. He doesn't okay. want to – he doesn't have any interest in what I'm doing, I don't think. Um, <laughs> That's why he's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to rag on him. No, no. <laughs> no, um – no, I, I, it's He's interesting. fucking reconciling shit in zero yeah. right now. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I'm the one that fucking lives in zero. Oh, uh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm the one that I do our payroll and shit's yeah. fucking 
it's, it's, it's been an interesting time. Trans, we were in, we, we were on Myob there for a while. Somehow we'd managed to score a free version of Myob, yeah. And then we've kind of transitioned over to the whole zero thing, and you got to learn about how that all works. And yeah, yeah. God. Anyway, was there a, like just, well, in regards to the business stuff, was there a big learning from the the guys who were you know making everything out of your mum's garage to paying for taxes and shit like that? Oh, Is there a big man. fucking trip in Fuck. the middle? It's yeah. fucked. Yeah, you know, like I remember. I remember when in about year one or year, I think it was year two, we finally registered enough turnover for GST, mm-hmm. which is, you know, 75 grand a year or whatever yeah. it is. And even just going through that, because like when we first started, <laughs> we were we were rolling off my sole trader yeah. ABN that I had as a pizza delivery yeah. driver. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, Fuck, look, this guy's doing well for pizza yeah. delivery, 75 grand a year. I hope it went through as like um, – like on, on the actual transaction, like Pizza Hut Newport. That's actually the fucking pizza I yeah, used to work at. Really? Yeah, I worked there from about age 15 to about 19, 20. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I did everything there. I was a dough bitch. I was fucking making pizzas. I ended up being a delivery driver. Was it an all-you-can-eat? No, nah, it wasn't. It was no, just, a, just a small a shitty one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you're I'm not using, sure it's still there. So you're using the, your ABN for that. So what were, what were the big learnings through that whole process one of the hardest things is charging your friends mm. it's really hard when you're beginning and, and 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 i remember that was one of the things alex was just i don't know it's funny now because i'm 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 pretty good at it you know like i'm pretty good at saying the price this mm. is it and and some would say i'm, I'm a bit of a smart ass and i'm pretty mm. aggressive with selling mm. you know that's yeah, kind yeah. of what i'm really good at yeah. anyway i remember when we started i sucked at it mm. like i felt bad asking yeah. people for money yeah. i couldn't do it at all yeah. and but I don't know how Alex – Alex somehow brainwashed me. I don't know. He's, it's weird. But he was really good and really ruthless at it. And I remember just thinking to myself, slow but surely. I remember someone's told me, you know, if they're your friends, they'll want to see you do well. Mm-hmm. They're happy to give you the yeah. money. They want to see you pr- prosper and succeed. Yeah. That's a sign of a true friend. The one that asks you for free shit and discounts – Fuck them right yeah. off. You know? Have you had to have hard conversations with people who are taking the piss? No, nah, nah, I, I, I haven't, to be honest, yeah. because people – I'm pretty honest and I'm pretty straight up and I'm pretty transparent. Yeah. You know, like y- 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 as soon as you come into my presence, mm. you know where I stand. Yeah. I, I feel like that yeah. – I've never really had someone take the piss out mm. of me, to be honest. I've never had to have that conversation, but mm. I'm sure I will at some stage. Yeah. I mean, th- that doesn't mean I haven't been fucked over. Like yeah. I remember a while back, you know, like I sent a bunch of stuff to this guy, this really good skater in Ke- – in Canada, mm-hmm. you know, kind of got my ear and, you know, I thought, you know, this guy's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, he just sold all the shit. We sent him. Oh, you know, really? Yeah, 700 bucks worth of shit and he just sold it all. That's, 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 the, that's the world. And that's the lesson you learn, you know. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like from, from day zero to now, the, the amount of lessons that I have learned, mm-hmm. you couldn't count them. Yeah. Because you learn something new every day. And if, if not two or three, four, five times, you know, like – when you're in day zero, you think, well, shit, we've got to sell this for this price. It's got to mark up this because we've got to pay for this, pay for this, pay for that. And then you, you learn another lesson, you know, like this is how you – this is, you know, say you, you've kept all your receipts in a box and all the receipts are fucked now because yeah. <laughs> they've oh, yeah. faded over time, you mm-hmm. know. Mate, that's a problem with the tax department even wanting people to keep receipts. They fade, bro. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous. Um, how, so because I, I feel like you've got a, a tangible product. You yep. can show somebody, go, here it is, feel it, smell it, touch it. It's yep. like, you know, I, I've experienced that early in my career of you know, being a filmmaker and selling my – it's myself, yep. right? Which essentially all products have something behind it that is you'd feel like you're selling yourself. What was that Definitely. that you – what was that sort of penny drop moment for you 
where you realise that you could and were okay with selling yourself. You said your brother brainwashed you. But it's like I think there is something, a realisation or, or – it, it was actually probably pretty late in the company to be honest. Like we just kind of – I guess we chased this idea of just trying to make something out of nothing, trying to – I guess get it to the stage where we could start taking money out of the business mm. because, you know, like I said before, yeah, we hit the mark of 75 grand for GST, but that just meant we turned over that much. Yeah. We didn't make any fucking money. <laughs> like, we didn't pay ourselves for the first two years, I reckon. Mm. Like, and then after that, it started doing okay and we started pulling money out and we started kind of, I guess, making, making money and then it, it's still it even st- – then, like three, four, five, where we started making good money and started actually living, we, we didn't. I, I didn't see myself as this this seller or whatever, or this, mm. this this light bulb moment. It's probably actually recently, to be honest, in the last twelve months that I figured, holy shit, you know, I'm actually, you know, I'm okay at talking to people. Mm. I can I can tell a story. I can convince people of of, of a, a message that I'm pushing. I can connect with people. You know, like I've ended up on this podcast, mm. and uh, you know, like through. Whatever degrees of separation, yeah. I've ended up here, and, and and that's the last twelve months has probably been a bit of a light bulb moment where it's like these are the things that I need to do to get us to the next stage, and these are the assets that I have that I'm good at that I need to exploit and exaggerate. Mm. I guess mm. there's a bunch of convincing for yourself. Like I feel, and I don't think there's any amount of time that is the exact amount of time for someone to convince themselves that they are good or they are doing. Or selling this thing that is great. Mm. It's um, it's like an evolution. Yeah, it's an evolution. Like you know, like I guess through years three, four, five, I realised I was different now, and mm. I could, I could, well, for instance, I could talk to girls way easier. Mm. Like I know that sounds really kind of shallow, but like you know, in my earlier years, I was not a shy kid, but I wasn't amazing with 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 talking to people. And you know, once each kid kind of got a bit. I noticed my skill set had changed so dr- drastically and dramatically. Like I was so able to extract information out of people without sounding like a fucking robot. Um, <laughs> like I could, I could kind of get stuff out of people, react to it, interpret it, assimilate with what they were saying, mm. and then build on that. And then, you know, like after a while, I got so much better at that that you know you could kind of just start. I don't know, you just not get what you want out of this out of. The, but you could get things out of yeah. – I don't know. It's hard to describe without saying like some kind of manipulative <laughs> fucking psychopath. Yeah, how to win friends and influence yeah, No, but I think if your intentions are right and I think – Social skills is what you describe. Yeah, social right? – it's a social skill in a weird way trying to describe that I'm social but I can't even describe being social. <laughs> do you, do you, are you friends with other Melbourne clothing brands? Is that a community? I'm, try, I'm trying to actually – that's one of the being the big focuses the last six months is actually trying to – give back a little bit more and not be so like, fuck you, you know, like. Yeah. I will Have you been in the past? Yeah, we're pretty competitive. Me and Alex are pretty ferocious mm. people. Like it's dog eat dog. And I guess in the beginnings we were very like, fuck you, we don't need no one, we'll mm. do this ourselves. Is we that a West Side thing? I feel like there's like a little bit like that, <sighs> maybe the blue collar yeah, no, there, scrappy. There, there is, there is. Because, you know, like, I mean, this is going to sound bad and I'm not hating on these people because good on them for growing up where they grow up. But, you know, like – I didn't go to Xavier College yeah. where, you know, my best friend's dad is the fucking CEO of mm. whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I didn't just get, you know, all this money in my pocket and I could go start some 
I don't know, teeth whitening business yeah, or something yeah. like that. And, you know, I just hated on someone that I shouldn't have. So I'm sorry. No, well, I, 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 I definitely think of another re- example. I definitely, you know re- I mean, I definitely yeah. relate because I, you know, went to a low socioeconomic school in the southeast. And it's interesting, whereas like, I think maybe you're experiencing the same thing, which is like, I had a lot of sort of fuck you to all of, to that system and yeah. being self-made and I'll make it work and all that sort of thing. Tommy's on the other side where he went to private schools. And I didn't go to Xavier. He didn't go to Xavier. Uh, I, so went to, I went to Wesley. But I, I've thought <laughs> a lot <laughs> about this stuff. I've thought a lot about this stuff. It is just two sides of the coin because I grew up in middle class family. Mm. My parents weren't rich. They made some good choices and worked yeah. hard to send me to private school. Mm. But the kids I went to school with, super rich. But I look back now observing what these kids are doing. Some of them are doing absolutely fuck all. And yeah, they're and not they're hating life and they're on drugs and but shit, right? there is a bunch of kids that I went to school with that are killing it. Mm. And they've adopted some work ethic or just a belief. It could be a self-belief, right? It's like you want to be around good people. And I feel like I was going to kids' houses, mansions, you know, like and observing this and saying, why can't I have this? This mm. is not my reality, but... I was thinking it was like a – it's the proximity effect. So when you do grow up in those environments, as much as there is some sort of, you know, all the kids posting photos of the houses they've bought, no chance they've saved up the money. They've mm-hmm. got a million dollar, you know, It's like Trump who says, you know, with a fucking small investment of $10 million, I built this out. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah. There who is the fuck <laughs> you Like, who are you kidding? I think um, – It's $10 million fucking dollars. I was listening to Kevin Hart and Joe Rogan yesterday – um, where he's come from nothing, Kevin mm. Hart, you know, food stamps and you know, hard times in America with his upbringing to a point where he's the most famous guy, one of the most famous guys in the world, mm, definitely. uber rich. But he's he's looking at the struggles that his kids are going to now have because they don't have a struggle. No, to, they don't. To come it's, up it's, like, it's like, you know, like, um, yeah, like you think about uh, – because, you know, I'm a diehard NBA player. NBA follower mm. and I think about some of those some of those kids and like well I often always thought you know how can every NBA player not be fucking like you know like there's still for instance there's still players in the NBA that can't fucking shoot mm. how does how the fuck can you be in the NBA and you can't fucking shoot yeah. you know what I mean what do you have to do in your day that like gets in the way of that yeah, like yeah. And it's because, like, not everyone fu- – fundamentally, every, some people treat it like a job. Some people are just stoked to get there. They just – you know, they've got their time elsewhere. They're, you know, they're not, you know, ruthless and relentless in what they're kind of going for. They're just kind of happy to kind of get there. And it's that whole thing about, you know, like, some people fucking want it and they just keep going and going and going mm-hmm. and they're gamblers. Like, like not, not many people know Jordan's – Michael Jordan's a degenerate gambler. Really? Like a he's punter. He actually He's fucking ferocious. Like like because he's so hungry and just competitive. A, I, think I saw him at the TAB the other day. <laughs> <laughs> having a crack midday. <laughs> All on bulls. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like there's just so many different personalities. And and I guess I always say that, you know, money exaggerates the type of person you are. You're mm. either a fucking prick mm. or you're really generous. Mm. Or you know, you're, it enhances your work ethic, or it just makes you even lazier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just kind of, I guess, it amplifies what it is that makes you be. Mm. I guess, and and like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from because, yeah, you, you were surrounded by all this, but you didn't buy into the bullshit, and you, you, you had to work harder mm. to kind of keep up, not keep up with the Joneses, but you know, like you kind of saw what was possible. And that was one of the things that maybe I was a little bit stunted with was like, 
all that business crap, all mm. those kind of types of people around me. And again, I didn't come from the most working class family. Like my, my parents, you know, are pretty smart and they make a pretty good living. But, you know, like there wasn't many handouts, you know, like uh, dad helps, helped me along the way and so did mum mm. and, and whatnot. But, you know, like it's like dad, he's like, you know, he, he kind of always says, you know, you sure I can't give you some money to help you out? And she's like, dad, no, I don't mm. want it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a Band-Aid. It's, it's, it's fake. Mm. It's not real, you know mm. what I mean? Does he want to sponsor the daily talk show? Has he got a, a brand? <laughs> has he got a business or anything? No, he doesn't have a business. Uh, okay. And that's the funny thing is neither – he thinks – he's always said, you know, you guys are fucking crazy for doing this. <laughs> yeah. he, he thinks we're nuts. Like he can't fathom it. it just, it's just not – well, it, the it's not who he is, you know. The straw that broke the camel's back was probably the skate park in a <laughs> in your office. <laughs> oh, was that a stretch? Was it like getting that? Was what's been those big stretches for you? Like Tommy and I have just taken out a lease on a new place. That's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, that that was our first one yeah. for sure. That second fact, that first that first factory. So the story goes was we were in Mum's garage. We were starting to do okay, and then it's so lame it's, it's, it's I'm almost embarrassed about it, but our dog died mm. um, our childhood dog died mm. and me and Alex just kind of somehow banded together like band of brothers and we're like dude what are we doing like let's let's just take this seriously it wasn't like we were fucking sounds around sounds like a movie like, oh, I think yeah. that the itch pig movie I can imagine oh, the man. first scene the, I would love this, I would love for someone to approach a, us yeah. about a doco it's, it's a, a bit amazing. like John Wick but <laughs> you don't end up killing everybody no. because your dog no. got killed is that no. what happened dog died Yep. And then he loses. This it. is the yeah. third time you've mentioned yeah. John Wick. And I will told say, us not to bring down your dog's death, Logan Paul's dog just got take, taken by a coyote. Mm. Really? Yeah, That's full on. Th- that dog has 2.1 million followers on Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> so Shit. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. It's a big <laughs> hole in the market. <laughs> exactly. Shit, someone's yeah. going to have to take up all that 2.1 million followers. Your dog's passed away. Yeah, so dog <laughs> passes away. And we're, I remember we were like, we we're literally digging the hole on a hot day in mum's backyard, me and Alex, you know, trying to bury this fucking dog. Because like, that's what you have to do, right? Because I've never thought, I've never had a dog die when mm. I've been an adult. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. get rid of it. Well, and this this dog was like, it wasn't like a small, like it was 30 kilos, 35 Jeez, kilos. what was it? It was a spring spaniel, but it was pretty overweight. My mum's, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but my mum, you know, she's Maltese, she's good at feeding the creatures around her, including yeah. me and Alex, you know. <laughs> so, she, she, yeah, the, the dog got fed a lot. But um, but that wasn't the cause of the death? No, it wasn't the cause of the death. The dog okay, got good, um, good. diabetes. It got, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it didn't. I hope, no, I shouldn't say that. My mum will fucking kill me because she will listen to this because <laughs> she loves me. Um, yeah, so we buried the dog and we're just like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just, let's get out of here. Let's do this properly and let's give this a real crack. And we took out, we, it's so funny, we, the place we found was Looking back on it, it was it wasn't even a, a, a risk, but it was a massive risk for us mm-hmm. because you know it was like sixteen hundred per month, which again is fuck all. Mm. But to us, you know, yeah. like we're twenty. I think I was twenty three and Alex was twenty one. Um, yeah, we, we we took out this lease. We we started looking. We found this place, and the thing it was so funny. The place we ended up in, right? So it was off Sunshine Road near Tottenham Station, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you both of you have no fucking idea. No, what I know is. Tottenham. Yeah. Okay, so it's off just near Tottenham Station. So the first street you turn into is Sarah Grove, and that's my mother's first name, right? Mm-hmm. The second street you turn into, James Court, is my dad's first name, which is just like so fucking weird. Stars of a line. Yeah, I said, I, I remember, I remember, I said it to Alex. I was like, "What was yeah. the moon doing at that point?" <laughs> well, it? it was shining bright. Yeah, it's definitely. A yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty weird. So it, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Well, fuck you." Know. Well, you know, classic me being superstitious and kind of. Yeah fucking airy fairy like that yeah, and Alex yeah. just didn't take any notice of it I was like you know like that's the brain the heart 
Yeah, the, yeah, the brain, the brain, heart and brain thing. And I was just like, you know, like this is we're going to end up here. This is for sure. And then, sure enough, one of the across the the because it was like an industrial estate, estate, you know, like those kind of those U shapes or mm, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, literally across the car park was a manufacturer. Oh, um, great! That we still use today. Oh, That's awesome. cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, how much of it is conjuring a story to make you okay with this. You know, added pressure decision. Yeah, because yeah. I I look at what we we've just gone into, and I was thinking, this I was thinking we need a multi level space, different rooms, and it's like, it is what I was thinking, mm. and it went and it came true. Right, it was on the market, and then it got taken off, mm. and then Josh messaged me, he's like, it's back on the market, mm. and then we ended up we've ended up signing it. Sick. So that, that could how much is that me just going? This is how we're getting. It's I'm probably getting a bit through. of our delusion yeah. that, that serves us. But that's how it works. Yeah. Like literally three weeks ago, I said, I said to everyone at work, and I said, I started on this war path. I said, I'm going to get myself on a fucking podcast. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to do it. And three weeks later, yeah. this is the second one I've been on. Because did they say what's a fucking podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, we're my mum did. She's like, "What's a podcast? Yeah. Is it like YouTube?" And I was like. No, mum, yeah. it's like this, this, this. She's Don't like, worry, mum, we got you covered on YouTube too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's, that's why I came on this one. <laughs> it ticks both boxes, my mum, so she can't miss it, you know. Do you look at stories like um, American Apparel and stuff like that and deconstruct where things go wrong for those businesses? It, it's hard with those kind of businesses because it's like what you were saying before. There's so much fat. Yeah. There's so much fat. Like you just like at some point, you know, you've got that much fat on you, you get unhealthy mm. and you die. Mm. It's that simple. It's like And the fat being the bulk of the business. Yeah, the bulk of the business, too much too many employees, too many stores. They went public and everything. Like it's just it's a lot, right? Too many yeah. overheads, you know, you're going against faster, smarter businesses mm. now, you know, like you know, why is someone gonna buy an unbranded American apparel thing versus a really cheap H and M thing? Mm. You know, you can't beat that or Uniqlo or whatever, right? Yeah. Um and yeah, that's 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 just kind of how the cookie crumble, crumbles. Like, if you're not dynamic and ahead of everyone, well, you're dead. Yeah, it's 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 really ruthless like that. And it's kind of funny how like that's what we've kind of built us ourselves on is that we're just super dynamic, super super fast. Like, I remember about a year ago, we got a couple of consultants in to kind of help me with some ideas mm. that I, I had had. I wanted to build this kind of custom messaging thing that we use. Um, to directly message people. Mm. It kind of amplifies my brain and allows me to hit more people way more efficiently. Anyway. You are a fucking robot. (laughs) (laughs) Just plugged into the mainframe. So one of the things he he, he said was like, he was saying, because he's used to working with like IBM and all these Mm. big corporates, and he was saying saying that like I need access to all this stuff. Mm. I said, oh, fuck, no worries. Here here you go. Go off, go, go do it. And he was just like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. And he was like, he said to me, he got more work done with us in two weeks than he did at the other place in four months. Wow. He's because he's having to check with seven people to make yeah. anything happen. Yeah. He, said, he said to get the access to actually even start doing the work took him four fucking weeks. Yeah. Because I had to go to the person above them, the person above them, then the person above them, and then like someone didn't like it. And then it, like, it's just like, yeah. it's just that, that those levels, those mass organisational pyramids mm. that just slow shit down. They're, mm. they're like, you know, like this world, and I think this world is going to become more like this, is it's going to be a whole bunch of series of dynamic speedboats, you know, mm. businesses being speedboats rather than these massive oil tankers that take forever to re- react to anything. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever had to cut the fat in each pig so far? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we have. It was pretty, it was pretty, um, that was one of the, one of the many things you learn is just mm. like, and I swear by it now, it's that whole notion of, you know, you know, like 
it's, the analogy is, is, you know when you're on the aeroplane and you're about to take off and they're doing the safety demo- mm. demonstrations or whatever, and they say, when the oxygen comes down, make sure you put yours on first mm. because you can't help anyone if you're yeah. dead. Yeah. It's the same with us. Mm. It's the same with business. It's like at some point, if I'm not fucking breathing, well, I can't help all you guys anyway. Mm. Yeah. So to save – I know it sounds like fucking Captain America or whatever, but to save the majority, sometimes you have to sacrifice a few, and that's yeah. really hard to do. That mm. really sucks. And we've had to do that um, – um, the workforce with staff mm. we've had to do it with customers mm. like for instance you know like as as like we started on tall clothing you know and we made our name on tall clothing and and, and that tall was being long long, long garments, yeah, yeah. yeah long garments and like you know that was our thing we made a fuckload of money off it um is it designed specifically for tall people well it's just you know like when when the first clothing companies mm. were designed and 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 built or whatever, you know, people were really wide at five foot five, five foot six, mm. but humans aren't like that anymore. Like, yeah. you know, we walk in and all yeah. of us are what, around the six foot mark, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the human physio- physiology has changed. So we kind of adapted to kind of be built around that and go for that small little niche, you know, mm. we don't need to hit everyone or whatever. And and, and one of the things was, was tall clothing started going out of fashion, it started going out of trend um, within our core audience. And you know, we had a shitload of customers that were still craving it and we decided to cut it. We had mm. to sever it. Like, it was fucked. Like, we, we, we chopped out a massive part, portion of the business to save another portion mm. and that was the way we went and that was really hard to do mm. and it fucking hurt us really bad. And like, did it work though? Yeah, it's worked. Mm. Now we're, now, now we're, we're, we're um, yeah, we're, we're in a great position and we're, we're in a great spot and we're doing lots of different things and we're able to hit different people. We're mm. able to, you know, hit... A bigger majority of of of, um, of audience and segment. How much clearer are you guys now of what success looks like than when you first started? In terms of like what, even just personally for you and your brother, where the ship's going? Yeah, what we yeah, what direction you're heading in? We're um, we're in a good spot now. It's funny in the last again, like I was saying to you when I first came in here, you've caught me at a pretty interesting time where we're changing a lot of things where we're, we're doing a lot of things that would rip other businesses absolutely in half. Mm. But because we're so dynamic... And what do those things look like? So one of the things is, is instead of being... So at the moment, last, last, I don't know, say let's say 12 months for mm. argument's sake, we've been dropping two releases a week. Now that's fucking fast. Yeah. That's really fast. Like Alex is having to design and have things manufactured and run production for two releases a week for 12 months. And then that means I have to then, you know, for instance, the logistics of it, just like the basic logistics is the product comes in, you have, well, before that, sorry, it's it gets designed, gets manufactured, he's got to manage it all, he's got to make sure all the trims are right, he's got to make sure all the, all the grading's right, all the numbers. Then it comes in, then it's got to get photoed, then I've got to start pre-ordering it, then it's, you know, it goes on the website, I've got to start telling the story, we've got to start marketing it. We're doing that twice a week. It's crazy. It's fucked. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane pace. What's the planning that goes – do you, you know, every year sit down and map out the next 12 months? Or what nah, is this it? is going on like like you guys <laughs> yeah. every fucking day. Yeah. We're fucking running at 110%. Like yeah. we've been running at 110% for nine years. It's it's nuts. It's like the stamina involved and like the just the sheer kind of – I don't know. Like it's amazing we haven't snapped in half. But <laughs> – we're still going. But so anyways, one of the things we're, we're focusing on now is, is we've realised that, you know, 
to, to get to the next level because we've gotten to this ceiling, we've gotten to this place where we've kind of, I feel like we've maximised what we can do. Mm. We, we, we've, I always describe us as we're like a big fish in a really fucking small pond. Yeah. We're kind of trapped in this pond. We've, fucking, mm. we've eaten all the food in the pond because, like, you know, like we're just, we're just really good at that. So we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to find a new pond, which is a new audience, yeah. right? That's the metaphor there. Yeah. yeah. Is the um, pond, like, at the moment, do you think, is it the skating community? Are you in a skate bowl at the moment? I think so. I think it's like, it's just, a, it's a niche within Australia mm-hmm. that's Australian-wide, you know. Mm-hmm. For whatever the parameters are that people hit of us, we've almost maximised all of them. We're getting new customers, but for us to get to the next big step, which mm-hmm. is what we want to do, and that's start creating some noise and put you know Melbourne Australia on the map mm-hmm. as a clothing brand and, and, and start really selling globally. Um, we, we need to slow down the releases and rely more on our core items, which we haven't had in, like we haven't treated as core. So, like for instance, mm. our best product is this hoodie mm-hmm. in black. Yeah, we have literally had this ho- this hood in black in stock. I think it's for seventy two hours this year. Wow. It's wow. fucked. Yeah. Like, it's unheard of. Is that, like, or is it good? Controlling your... That's, it, well, yeah. that's the thing. We thought it was good because we were basing our model off, you know, supreme supply and demand, all yeah. this stuff, right? But the thing is, is like, we're not supreme. We can't run like that. We can't... We've, we've had to change our strategy, you know, like, again, like, I probably shouldn't be on this podcast talking about our flaws, but fuck it, you know. Yeah. I'm an Opus honest guy. I don't mm. give a shit. I don't give a fuck, you know, like, the people out there that I'm not saying your audience would hate on me, but, you know, the people out there that know what I'm going through, know what I'm going through, but the people that the naysayers, it's like, well, fuck you, you're not doing it. So, mm. you know, flip, you flip them off. But so one of the things we're trying to do is we're going to try and slow it down mm-hmm. so that, you know, it gives us time to think, to plan, to, to put more time into things, to do bigger collaborations, to think about, you know, well, if we want to have a pop-up store in Japan, how do you actually physically do that? Mm. If you want to build a relationship with a podcast or whatever or, you know, st- even start my own podcast, mm. where does the time for that go? Because right now my time is so saturated with just stuff mm. day in, day out. The, it's like there's, there's two types of, of, of um, employees in a business, right? And you guys will know this because mm. you guys will both struggle with both of this. Mm-hmm. There's operations and then there's strategy. Mm. The more you guys can be strategy, the better your business will be. But it's harder to do, right? Yeah. You guys often get stuck in the nitty gritty, in the operations, the days, right? Mm. Actually doing shit. And that's the thing we're trying to transition from is not being so heavily operations based. Mm. And it's, it's tricky because it, it costs you money because, you, you know, no one makes more money than you, right? Yeah. You guys are fucking good at your job. <laughs> well, no, one who does it, no one does it better than us. Exactly. But that's what you think for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like you've got you to learn to relinquish control. Yeah. You've got you to learn to compromise. You've got to be better as managerial people. Then you, you're kind of you know, splitting your time between, you know, getting shit done, making money and managing someone and then you got your strategy stuff. Mm. So that's kind of where we're at the moment. It's like we're really trying to focus on, you know, having Alex and I who are probably, you know, obviously the the, the, the best two people at the business to tackle, well, how do we get an international market? Mm. What what are the things that we need to do? Who are the people that we need help with to go find? Because one of the things that we've always struggled with is we're really good at selling and and, 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 and making sales. And Alex makes it a fucking amazing product, which I'm sure you two now know mm. what, yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. right? But we haven't really had anyone in the middle meet us with marketing because – 
A, we have a need to because the product speaks for itself. It just mm. sells itself. Um, and, and B, it's actually the hardest problem in the room. It's easier just to kind of say, fuck, I've got to make, I've got to make the X amount of dollars today to keep the mm. business running. Mm. Where it's really, that's, that's, that's a scapegoat. It's, mm. it's not cheating, but it's just taking the easy way out. And so what we've tried to focus on doing is, is you know, allocating portions of the day, you know, two hours a day on, we call it future, future shit. What's, what's tomorrow going to look like? What's, you know, two weeks away going to look like? And that's, that's one of the big things is that we're focusing on at the moment is trying to, trying to enha- enhance that. And I'm sure you guys have mm. – well, I'm not sure. I know you guys have had people on this podcast that are fucking killing that. They're mm. really good at it. And we, we can get whiplash from like switching between. Yeah. As well. it's have fucked. you found that? Like the, the res- residual sort of – uh, st- mental strain of going from thinking about strategic and five years ahead and how we're going to get into X market versus the reality of we actually need to fulfil this order today. Um, I haven't. I haven't kind of gotten that. One of the things that I'm really good at, even though everyone around me doesn't agree with me, <laughs> it's one of those classic things. Right? Um, is I feel like I can ma- I can manage a lot of things mm-hmm. at any one time, yeah. and and that even when I'm talking to people on Facebook or whatever, trying to trying to make sales or whatever, um, I can easily manage ten conversations at once, flat out, you know, whilst doing something else. Mm-hmm. Like Until you call Peter, Dave, and he <laughs> yeah, says, exactly. "Fuck you, you don't know me." <laughs> Yeah, or you send someone the wrong link with someone else's details and you're like, oh, Well, I, something Josh and I do is tr- we try and dedicate time that we know we're going to spend on talking about the future stuff. Yeah. But then, like anything, there's a moment where we get in a conversation, next minute we've spent an hour because yes. it's like we don't want to lose the, this. And you're on the tangent. Yeah. So one thing that we always do, and uh, well, sorry, one thing that we've kind of implemented lately and it works really well and it just seems like such a no-brainer and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of embarrassing saying it, but... Write down the actuals. Mm. So if you're going to have an hour conversation, sure, that's sweet, that's fine. But what are the actuals? Mm. What are the actual things that's going to start you on that journey to getting you to the path that you want to get to? Whether that's, you know, one, one thing, one thing, you know, three weeks ago I said, I'm going to get myself on a podcast. Now that's all very well and good. You know, kumbaya, let's hold hands, mm-hmm. right? The we can if you want. <laughs> well, you sort of did motion it. Yeah, I, and we, you guys kind of. And we're okay with in. that. You know, we do that. <laughs> yeah, we're supportive. Fuck, I'm just trying. To, I just got triggered to a moment the other day where someone put their hand out, and I thought they were going to shake my hand, but we were getting our tires changed, and it was the guy from Kmart Tire and Auto, and he was wanting the. He goes, "Oh, we're going to need this <laughs> beforehand." Keys. It was the keys, but he put his hand out. And Brie knocked my hand <laughs> down as I went to shake it. Anyway, I just got triggered in that moment of that. Um, I love a good message yeah. of telling you yeah, exactly. making you look like an absolute goose. Well, she sort of saved it because it was sort of it was subtle enough that I don't think that he he saw, he it saw what happened. The yeah, embarrassment, right? exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so um, what were we talking about? <laughs> holding hands. Holding hands. Holding hands. Yeah. So, you know, I'm saying, you know, I'm going to get myself on these podcasts, right? So one of the the actuals that I did from my I mean, that was kind of like a self-meeting. Mm. But one of the actual things that I've done and I've implemented in the past is when someone asks you, how you how's your day going? What are you working on at work? I actually say it. I don't mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, I'm good. Things yeah. are great. You yeah, know? Yeah. Busy. Busy. <laughs> Everyone says that, right? Yeah, yeah. You, say, you say to someone, oh, how's it going, man? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I actually mm-hmm. make a, a cons- conscious effort to actually talk about what I'm ta- yeah. doing. Yeah. And then, uh, then you get people actually going, well, huh. 
I know someone did it, or yeah. this is interesting. And yeah. then you're actually starting to get information and ideas from someone almost for free. Yeah, I have done that. You. I've had like a, a time where I've consciously put that in place for a couple of days. Yeah, I do it, it all, all, all the time. In now. and out, but it's interesting. So, I mean, if everyone did it, you'd probably have a whole bunch of conversations. You Long don't cafe have. lines. Yeah, mate. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm bad. Let me tell yeah. you about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that, obviously. But, I mean, it, it comes down to that thing about – it, and it was like what you were saying about before, that light bulb moment. Look, once I started actually doing that and talking about what I'm talking I'd always get this reaction like, Jesus, fuck, mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of shit. Yeah. That's fucking interesting. Wow, that's exciting. And, like, and then at that point I realised, without saying like a dick again, like I'm like, I'm an interesting, engaging person that people some most of the time genuinely want to help, mm. they want to talk to and – I'm aware of that now. Mm. Well, I'm, if people's I'm, intentions, like if I would be up for helping someone if they asked, like yeah. maybe it's we've so the there's a marketing approach which Josh and I have never gone down, which is essentially asking people if they need our help. Yeah, which can in Australia I feel like when you you know the sales yeah. route is you know a bit stinky for a lot of people. Yeah, marketing's mm. marketing's hard because it's it's such an intangible. It's black magic kind of stuff, mm. you know, like people just... Like, but it makes sense if you're just saying, hey, guys, this is what we do. If you need a hand, let us know. It's like, yeah, sure. Then then we'll, well, because you can push back on it and saying, oh, say, well, stinky or whatever. But in, in some regards, it's just clearer communications. Mm. It's, we've got this that we think that we can add value for. Yeah. This is the actual thing. Sometimes Tommy and I can fall in the trap of being like, oh, we should try and do a video for them. Let's reach out to them about X, Y, and Z and maybe mm. get involved. Like rather than just fucking going directly to the thing just, and yeah, saying this just is – do it. Yeah. Like, like if, you, if you think you can help me, mm. just fucking show me. Yeah. Yeah. I show, think me it, show me what I'm weak at. Put, a, put, put, put together an example and say, hey, man, I'm from such and such and such. I noticed you did this, this, this. Mm-hmm. This is what I reckon will help. Here's the thing. Yeah. Just, you know, like it's, it's almost like a quote. It's like – If it's the only weapon in your arsenal, it's probably the wrong approach. Because I yeah. think that's when we do see the stinky businesses that just uh, uh, they've built a business around direct sales. Mm. Like mm. it's never one thing, right? No. I think that's the thing we're working out. Is anything, any piece of advice, the opposite is normally true as well. And mm. it's like this, like in it's toing and froing between everything, and that's the balance. Right? Definitely. I mean, that's how these 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 guys that have helped me. You know, they're helping us design this app. They've helped me. Um, get product onto certain influencers. They've helped me build this custom bot thing that yeah. maybe we could fucking sell later on. Yeah. Like that came from literally me at the start of this year saying, I've got three things that I, I need to sort. I need to build a skate park. I need to find a Priorities, app. priorities. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I need to build a skate park. I need to build an app and I need to find Alex a design assistant. Mm. And anytime someone would ask me, what are you working on at work or house things or whatever, I would make sure the conversation got to those three points. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's great. I really like it. Make, make sure. Like, yeah, like I just talk about it. I yeah. actually talk about what's in my world. And it fucking, yeah. like I got these guys. These yeah. guys yeah. came along. They fucking helped me out. And then they got in my ear about, you know, building the skate park and doing it. And then, you know, sure enough, I'm building the skate mm. park with all my friends and <laughs> yeah. talking about it. And then one dumb night I'm fucking... I take a stupid selfie of myself eating Nando's with all the boys. You know, it just so happens that you know, the head of PRs, yeah. you know, following yeah, us, yeah. Tells, yeah. tells his mum, yeah. fuck, each picture did it, they repost. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, um, they repost and 
bang, I'm on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to them. Yeah, and, they, they, and you know, you know those two girls, they're fucking yeah. amazing. I think mm, we're getting better. I think we're getting better and better at that. Like with the Daily Talk Show yeah. and all that sort of thing. It's like at the beginning, it seems like it's you don't know where it's going to go, and there's there's something uh, scary about communicating the direction because if you don't make it, you look like a yeah. bit of a fucking idiot. But, yeah. But what's the other like option? Yeah. yeah. What's the other option? Yeah. You looking like a fucking, fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You sit on your hands. You sit on your hands, and you're fucking yeah, unhappy. Absolutely. Man. It'd be great to have you back on when we're um, in the new office. Yeah, that sort of thing. And I want to skate your park and um, I think Josh does too. Have Do you, you got have knee pads? Yeah, itch elbow pads. Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got knee pads in my car. Oh, actually, I've got some at my house I can, I can bring in. Yeah. Have you we got, can um, use Jules ones. We, need, <laughs> we need wrist pads, elbow. I want everything. Yeah. yeah well, and we, we need we to take out a different helmet? insurance policy before we yeah. go. If, yeah. Two, do many skaters have herniated discs and shit? I reckon it'd be a few. Yeah, you'd think, right? That's yeah. why I feel like I see, like, you hear, ah, oh, a marathon runner yeah. has two herniated discs. And it's like, well, so do I. Mine just happened because I sat for too long and lifted some shit. But it's the same same. Uh, itch pig. Mate, what's, just quickly, what's, you said most things have a bit of a story. This itch pig that I'm touching, this is on my jumper. What is this about? What are these? So they're things? like skate park features. So actually, this is designed. By one of our long, long, long time customers who's now working for us as the graphic designer. Oh, he's just come out of Swinburne and he's we're trying to teach him how to kind of help Alex a little bit. His mm. name's Christian. He's he's it's funny, all three of his brothers have worked for us as well. Yeah. All That's of them. Awesome. It's it's sick. And so the the letters are built of little skate park pieces. Yeah, like That's stairs, awesome. there's a ramp, there's a rail, there's another down rail. Yeah, that's where Josh breaks his elbow. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. You I think he's going to break his thing. elbow on that one. Well, you fucking talk about it, it's going to happen. <laughs> we actually need to be like, Josh is going to be great at skating. <laughs> I, gonna, I think you're going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like you're fucking brilliant. Yeah, I hope I Okay, hope it's so. in my top three now. Anytime. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. I'm real pumped for Josh. He's going to be... <laughs> One of the best skaters in Melbourne. So. I reckon there is this definitely is something Olympic in that. Push. Yeah, if Dude, you think about it, imagine the moment Josh drops in. It's a big moment for him. <laughs> yeah, well, don't we've you reckon? Had, we've, we've, had, we've like we, it's crazy. Like we've had we've had that moment in us. I've watched yeah. like you know a couple of girls that came mm. three weeks ago. Mm. I watched them learn tricks for the first time. It's nuts. Mm. Like just like the joy on their face. It's like mm. oh my god, yeah. it's epic. It's it's like it's it's crack. It's, it's the new, it's the new woman's footy. Yeah, women's yeah. footy. Yeah, yeah, women's footy. Skateboard. I want to get my son like but dropping if we in learn by anything, four at least. Yeah, definitely. But that definitely. doesn't mean I'm going to be like. If we use women's footy as an example, this doesn't mean that I can do it still because <laughs> they're they're all athletes. This is the problem. But anyway, athletes I'm, only. It's a perception. It's a mindset. yeah, absolutely. No, I think I'll be able to. I'll be able to do it. Yeah. So daily talk yeah, show. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, hi at the dailytalkshow.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, otherwise we'll see you tomorrow, guys. See you guys. Bye. Peace.